Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Every so often something is so tempting you just can't resist it. As I came to this text today of John chapter 14, verses 1 to 14, I know I have preached on this text of Scripture probably a hundred times. I've used it so often in funerals. A reminder, a constant reminder of the glory of heaven that is ours in Jesus. But that's why I couldn't resist it today. I have another reason. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me, all I could think about was the Disney Plus streaming show, The Mandalorian. Now you're probably wondering, what in the world is he talking about if you have never seen this show? You see, The Mandalorian has a code, an ethic, a creed, so to speak, that they follow. The Mandalorian is one of many Mandalorians from the planet of Mandalore. How creative was that? And yet, when they talk about how they live, how they act, how they do, how they are to be as a people, they will say to each other, this is the way. And the people will respond back to the one who says it, this is the way. I knew this had seeped into our current culture when I was shopping at Walmart, and there hanging on the rack of reusable bags was a Mandalorian bag brandished with the words, this is the way. What does that mean? Well, for the television show, it's how they live. It's how they act. It's how they treat each other. It is a code. It is a guiding pathway. It is fluid. Just think of the way you live. The things that you do and, well, the things that you don't do. The things that you say and, well, the things that you won't say. The places you will go and the places you would dare never, ever go. In many respects, you live the way. And we understand that as defined by Jesus, the Jesus of Scripture, the Jesus who says to us in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. It's forward. It's movement. It's not static or standing still. What does that mean for you and me as children of the Lord. It means that we have the opportunity to follow Jesus Christ or to simply follow our own desires. You have a choice, a way. Which way will you go? The way of Jesus or the way of your own thinking and doing? What is foundational to this truth of the way is simply this, that Jesus is the way of truth. There's only one way to the Father, and Jesus is that way. He's it. John chapter 14 tells us this. We live in a rather complicated world these days, don't we? 
a world that gives us choices and opportunities, what we may want to do or not want to do, where we want to go or where we don't want to go, what we want to say and, well, what we may not want to say. But what is going to guide you in all of that maze of living, being, and doing? That way, for you and me, was outlined a long time ago in the prophecies of the Holy Scripture. Isn't it ironic that in a world of, of progressive, never-ending change, in a world where technology is outdistancing our capacity to morally keep up with it, we as Christians turn back to something that is thousands of years old. We are told in those scriptures that he would carry our grief and bear our sorrows. We are told that this Jesus who is to come would be the way for you and me to live. We quote this often in the Easter season, but we just have to go back to Genesis chapter 3, 15, where the whole thing is set into motion. God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. <coughs> that the conflict between good and evil, right and wrong, heaven and hell, God and the devil is the entire story of the way. We know that this Messiah would come as the seed of King David that he would be born of royal blood, and that this Messiah, he would suffer and die and rise again because it was the way of love for us. Love that is moving. Love that is generous. Love that goes out of its way and out into the world. As we understand this, you and I also need to know that the way of Jesus is alive. It's not something that simply sits there and slowly rots away. The way is an active force in the world today. Now, in some places, it's very active. In other places, not so active. We are told, for example, that in the book of Acts, the early Christian church was simply called the way because it was doing things. It was out there engaging people with the love of Jesus. And they were doing this both in word and in deed. We hear that in the book of Acts. There's so much to be done. So much of Jesus to be shared that the disciples appointed deacons to assist and help with the work of the ministry. I want you to think this morning in these words that the church is a living, moving, emotional institution. It's not a building. It's not a geographical location on a map. That simply serves as the facilities where we gather. But the church is wherever you happen to be at that moment. 
And what makes the church such an amazing, incredible living entity is that it works within the community to make God's presence known. How do we do that? Do we do it through teaching children through our school? Do we do it by feeding people who are hungry? Do we do it by visiting those who are lonely or ill or hospitalized? You see, that is the call of the church, is it not? It is our call to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to visit the lonely, and to even visit those who are imprisoned. That is the way. The way of Jesus is to be out there amongst the world and the people. You see, the church is way more than an organization. It's more than a few people or many people gathering for worship. It is an organization of life itself. And I'm not just talking about taking in air and exhaling. I'm talking about living. What it really means to be alive. To experience all things in your heart and in your soul with the grace of Jesus before us. So ask yourself, do you look alive? Do you look as though you are somebody in the midst of the way of God? See, we can forget that, can't we? Sometimes the burdens and the hassles and the harangues of life can become so insurmountable that we lose sight of what really is the way. It's moments like that where we need to pause. And we need to remind ourselves that Jesus is the mediator for us. That we don't have to carry the entire load. That we ourselves cannot simply whisk away life's burdens. We need to remember that we can only come to the Father by knowing the Son. That we can only stand in the grace of God by knowing Jesus. Through our own efforts, we're going to come up short, and all we'll be able to do is achieve a list of sins. Do you ever wonder why we start worship with confession and absolution? Because there's a lot of stuff we need to be forgiven for, isn't there? Well, some of it doesn't seem all that big. Some of it seems rather large. But whatever that burden may be, we need to be cleansed of it. And God will forgive our sins because Jesus is the mediator between us and God. What greater way to start your day than knowing that you're forgiven, that you're loved, that you are redeemed? Jesus accepted the debt we earned, and he paid the price in full. As we stand here in this Easter season, we never want to lose sight that the reason we have such joy in Easter is because of that darkness on Good Friday, where the sins of the world were hung to Jesus upon the cross. 
And as we are mindful of that, we are also mindful that Jesus and the Father are of one mind and of one spirit. They stand together united in that hope and joy of our salvation. Jesus and the Father are of one purpose because they are both God. I love when Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Know that Jesus is the way. And for you and me, this becomes our reality every single day of our lives. We have the freedom to accept his way or to reject it. I come back to the Mandalorian. It's really funny. It was kind of like the first, first church split in the Star Wars uh, universe, so to speak, because there are those who keep their helmets on and those who take their helmets off. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the old Dr. Seuss book of the people who battle because one butters their bread on the one side and the other people butter their bread on the other side. Sometimes we do that as people in the church, don't we? And we can do it over all sorts of crazy little things. Jesus says no. It's his way or no way. You see, there are many, many good people who will choose to follow other routes other than Jesus. But one day they're not going to be allowed in the door. There is that urgency of the gospel message. The incredible inclusivity of Jesus. All nations, all people, all languages, all tribes. And then there's the incredible exclusivity of the gospel. Through me, me alone. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. So as we think about all this, as we're getting closer and closer to the end of this Easter season, I want you to remember Jesus is going to heaven. And this is what he is saying in today's text. I mean, just hear the verses that precede it and why it always comes up as such a, a beautiful funeral text. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If you're a King James person, it's many mansions, so choose a room or a mansion, whichever you prefer. If it were not so, what I have told you, that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And then he says these words, and you know the way to where I am going. You know the way. See, Jesus is going to prepare a place for you. To think he knows you so wonderfully, so perfectly, so individually, is such a gift from God himself. And Jesus wants to make this clear. He is going to heaven, and he is preparing a place for all of us. No matter how old or how young, no matter how knowledgeable of scripture or how little. See, the way exists beyond anything we can consider, beyond the borders of this earth, beyond the outer limits of what we can even dream or imagine. And then Jesus says these little words. He says, and when I come again, 
And there he's talking about his second coming, a time that he returns for judgment. And following Jesus now prepares us to follow him when he comes again. He prepares us to follow the way. And so it becomes our duty and our delight to invite others to follow Jesus on the way. To invite others to know Jesus as we know Jesus, to receive Jesus as we receive Jesus, and dare I say, to love Jesus as he loves us. See, I love when fiction captures truths. I, maybe this is why Michael and I have such a good time uh, doing Christ's culture in cinema, because every so often you can see where scripture is influencing what they're writing, whether they're cognizant of it or not. And when I sat there and they said to each other, this is the way, and the people responded, this is the way. Try it. This is the way. This is the way. Wow, you're all Mandalorians now. You know what's going on. This is great. Because if I said, he is risen. You see, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And they're capturing this notion of how we do this life together. How do we do this together? You see, through the teachings, the life, and the sacrifices of Jesus, we are able to understand how God wants us to live and how God wants us to live for his people. Ultimately, there is only one way to eternal life, and that is through Jesus. This is the way. And knowing and believing this may the peace of God which passes all understanding, may keep your hearts and minds through faith in one Lord Jesus, now and unto eternal life. Amen.